And one of my favorite acronyms for fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm. Because most of the fear that we develop in a, into a thought habit is not like the car speeding towards you. It's the what ifs. Like, let's take the, the current pandemic. What if I get Omicron? What if I come down with? What if, what if, what if? Now, those are certainly possibilities. Mm-hmm. But at this present moment, they are not real in your particular person. This week, we're going to discuss marriage-destroying thought habits. We don't want any habits to destroy our marriage, and these are habits that can have a devastating impact even while they're still in your head. Dr. Noelle Nelson explains what we can do about them. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchedmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined by the brilliant, the lovely Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Hello. It is great to hear your voice. And for those tuning in for the first time, uh, or you just don't remember, Noelle is a clinical psychologist, consultant, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and is the author of over a dozen best-selling books. Uh, she is the author of The Longevity Secret, How to Live Happy, Healthy, and Vibrant into Your 70s, 80s, 90s, and Beyond, and is also the author of I Survived COVID-19, What Now? Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. You can get more information at her website, noelnelson.com. Um, Okay, Noelle, we uh, are going to tackle four marriage-destroying thought habits and how to overcome them. Um, I mean, we certainly don't want to have any marriage-destroying habits, (laughs) Um, but here you're talking about specifically thought habits that can harm our relationships. Yeah, because unlike habits like, oh, I don't know, uh, flirting or overspending, Mm -hmm. these are habitual ways of thinking that we're often not aware of. And that means they can end up being destructive in our marriages without our meaning to or wanting to or any of the above. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love the fact that we're going all the way back to when it's a thought, because as we know that those thoughts then become actual habits. Correct. Um, So the first one that you say is fear. Yep. The first thought habit that we often don't even recognize is there is when we are driven, literally driven by fear. Now, fear is a necessary survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. You do want to be afraid when that car comes speeding at you when it shouldn't. However, it's not supposed to run your life. And one of my favorite acronyms for fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm. Because most of the fear that we develop in a, into a thought habit is not like the car speeding towards you. It's the what ifs. 
Like, let's take the, the current pandemic. What if I get Omicron? What if I come down with? What if, what if, what if? Now, those are certainly possibilities, but mm-hmm. at this present moment, they are not real in your particular person. All right. Now, how does that impact your marriage? Well, let's think about it. When you're afraid, you contract, meaning you go, you go small, you go little, you go inwards, you go solitary, any word like that that you wish, mm-hmm. as opposed to what a marriage requires, which is to be outwardly focused towards the other, to be expansive, to be open, to be communicating all of those words. Mm. So you can see, Steve, how fear as a habit, which you're not even aware of, necessary in certain circumstances, yes, but to run your life, mm, I think not. So um, this all makes perfect sense to me. And I'm, I'm just thinking that I'm trying to play devil's advocate in my mind about what some listeners might be thinking who are, let's just say, risk averse. Yes. And they might say or think at the moment, you know, the, like I understand what you're saying, but there are real dangers ha- happening out there or the world is a scary place. I'm in a place where I'm comfortable and safe and why take the risk? But then you're not being driven by fear. Okay. Because if if you're if you're your your thinking your thoughts are centered around I'm comfortable I like where I am, then mm. you're not driven by fear, you are inspired by comfort. Interesting. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. On the contrary, how great, how wonderful. We should all be inspired by comfort or satisfaction. Words like that. So See, it's more it's more the what if mm. the negative what if it isn't in your reality. Right. But you are reaching toward it. So it's not about, this is great. So it's not about avoiding things um, because you see the potential risk and it's not worth it to you. Uh, wait, no, I'm not phrasing that properly. Um, you you actually described it perfectly well. I'm trying to rephrase it and I'm not going to do a good job of it, so I'm just going to leave it. So I'm just going to leave it. You did, you actually explained it perfectly well. I'm, Here's a way to 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 kind of make it make sense, I think, in colloquial speak, which is stuff happens, okay? Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So, it's better to sort out what you can do yes. rather than what you can't. And I so, think actually you put your finger on it because when I was describing it, you you identified the focus of the thought, which was the focus was not on the fear aspect of it. The focus was on the security and the comfort. And that's, that's where this, the, the paradigm shift happens of fear running things as opposed to recognizing danger, right? but focusing on what you do have as opposed to avoiding something. Correct. Like I will not stop driving because there are idiots on the road who go 90 when they should be going 30. I'm not going to stop driving, but I am going to pay attention to what I can do. My comfort level is mm-hmm. that if I see some idiot cutting across lanes in the freeway and so forth, I just gently, quietly move myself to another lane. Mm-hmm. And I usually go a little slower so that they're not interested in me. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not fun to play with, so to speak. Sure. And so that's not driven by fear, mm-hmm. although the, you know, fear is kind of sometimes a trigger, but it is driven by my appreciation of life. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. This is, yes, very well explained. Um, 
so I think we've established that being driven by fear is and can be uh, crippling to a marriage. Uh, what's next on the list here? Next would be staying captive to the past. Now, remember, we're talking about thought habits here, mm-hmm. right? So that's a very important distinction. It's not, you know, that you don't have a past, but it's staying captive to it. So, for example, uh, he cheated on you five years ago. Mm-hmm. You got fired three months ago. I mean, I don't care what it is. There's something that in the past that is wasn't is not a good thing, was not a good thing for your marriage. Okay. So rather than staying captive to it and always looking at him or her as in, I, I know he's going to cheat again. I just know it. I can feel it. Ah, see, she got dressed pretty again. I'll bet you 10 to 1 she's going to cheat. Instead of doing that routine, which is a thought habit, nothing more, is to learn from what happened, but don't dwell on it. So maybe what you learned was you need to communicate better. There were some unexpressed wants, needs, desires. Okay. Good. So learn from it. Do something about it. So it's taking it, you know, me always going back to my, um, sport analogies. Um, it's like when you lose and good coaches will talk about how you can always learn something from the loss. Yes. So rather than dwelling on the fact that you have a, a, a mark in the L column, you can fig, you can reassess and figure out, you know, our run defense wasn't very good or we need to improve in these areas because they exploited this thing that we were lacking. And by taking that past what presumably was a negative, you can reframe it positively as thank you for highlighting my deficiencies. I can now become a better version of myself. Correct. And you, and you have the exact words, which is the solution is always to reframe the situation Mm -hmm. more positively. And it really doesn't matter what the situation is. Again, we're talking about thoughts. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is to look upon, as you said, the sports analogy is perfect. What can I learn from this? How does this make me a, a better, whatever, right? Wrestler, dancer, husband, wife, doesn't matter. How does this make me a better, whatever? And that is a wonderful purpose of the past. Because if we look to the past for, okay, how does it improve my present and my future? We're doing great. Right. And this is all, um, I mean, I, I think some people will look at this as like being like a Pollyanna about just like trying to reframe everything as like, no, it's actually good that you lost. And, and it's not to say that you can't, um, recognize a failing, but you don't have to let it define you. I think. Let me give you a funny example, if okay. I may, of what you just said, the Pollyanna thing, right? Yeah. So um, remember we had some tr- really uh, tremendous rains just a little while ago, mm-hmm. which is unusual for California. And in the middle of the torrential rain, and it's 10 o'clock at night, I hear my dogs, my two big dogs, just, just having a fit in the backyard, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of fit that tells me there's danger. I don't know what the danger is, but there's danger. And unfortunately, there's hardly any light in my backyard. And I have an eeny teeny flashlight that has maybe a one inch radius. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. So I'm out there. I'm now drenched within five seconds. Mm-hmm. My dogs are drenched and they are barking up a storm because there is a raccoon up at the top of the fence that will not budge. Mm-hmm. So after I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I'm surprised the neighbors didn't call the police, 
at the raccoon. Finally, you know, he, he decided, okay, I'll, I'll leave. Fine. So I'm telling this to my BFF and she says, well, you know, weren't you just delighted that you could stand out in the rain? Doesn't it feel great to stand out in the rain? And I looked at her and said, not to me. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not to me. But what I did learn from the experience was I need light in that backyard. Mm -hmm. Because raccoons and other nocturnal creatures are called nocturnal for a reason. Right. Not crazy about light. And that would at least, even if there was a critter, allow me to see what was going on instead of having to stand there in whatever element was, you know, the rain, whatever, and not even able hardly to find my dogs. Right. <laughs> so that's the difference. Is Pollyanna, and I'm sorry, I love her dearly, but to me that was a real Pollyanna moment. Mm-hmm. For Noel, anyway, for me. For me, right. standing out in the rain is not joy. Just R- not. <laughs> right. And you know what I love about that story is you both – uh, saw positives, but they were different positives. And one yes. positive didn't really apply to you, but yeah. you were able to frame it in a way that it did work for you, that situation. Yes. And I think you hit something really, really important because a marriage is usually two people, right. sometimes more, but mostly two people. And one person may love the standing out in the rain and the other one is going, you're out of your mind, mm-hmm. but that's fine. You see, the thought habit we're trying to build here is don't is, is reframe, but reframe according to what makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. And I think also just recognizing and being open to the idea and concept that whatever reality that we're dealing with, it's not um, it's not concrete. It's malleable based on perspective and influence and history and all sorts of stuff. And when you recognize that, I mean, to your point. Your friend was like, rain, fantastic. You were like, no, I'm wet. The dogs are wet. The raccoons driving me nuts, driving them nuts. Um, And I think when you start to think that not everything is according to this one vision, you will also be offer more grace to your spouse when they come at something with a different perspective. Yes. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, um, positively reframing past issues, this is fantastic. Will that also work with present day issues? Yes. And the thought habit we get into with the present day stuff is usually holding grudges Mm. because we tend to let the, you know, the, the bigger items tend to sit in the past somewhere. Usually, I mean, they're present at some time, but Mm -hmm. it's a different thing. The, the absolute present day of this moment usually ends up in holding grudges because there's an awful lot of the little stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, you know, we start mm, nagging, being annoying, giving dirty looks, whatever you want to call it, for the, the bathroom mess, the dishes in the sink, the, the whatever, you know, the, mm-hmm. the spending something on a new techie, whatever. And instead of understanding what's going on, forgiving, forgetting, or ignoring, (laughs) we hold on to the damn thing. And it's usually a little thing. But as a thought habit, it gets in the way, quite obviously, of our marital happiness. Because it's no different than fear. It's just on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. And it has the same impact as fear, only on a smaller scale. So you contract, you go inward, you stop, you become selfish, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And... And do you have any tips on how you would reframe 
like a, a grudge? Yes, absolutely. Which is, I just love the forgive, forget, or ignore, which is kind of standard psych 101, is if you can't forgive the behavior, mm-hmm. try to forget it. Mm-hmm. If you can't forget it, and we're, we're assuming, by the way, you've already done all the proper marriage communication things, right? Mm-hmm. As in talking about it, seeking outside help if necessary, all that sort of good stuff, reading Hitched Mag, et cetera. But if you can't manage any of that, try to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's too small, you know. Just because he keeps putting the ketchup bottle in the wrong in your definition of the wrong place in the fridge, right. or she keeps you know uh, throwing your old sweats in a corner, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not worth your marriage. I yeah. So it's so funny you say that because I have found one of the things that has worked so well for me is whenever something I think bothers me, my first thought is, do I really care about this? Excellent. And when I, when I think about it to your point about like the ketchup bottle being put in the wrong spot in the refrigerator or whatever, it's like, do I really care? Is it going to impact me in any way at all other than my assumption of where I would put it? No, then right. Then it, it doesn't matter. You know, um, Steve, that I I lost my home in the Woolsey Fire of 18. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting consequences for me of that loss is that there are a lot of things I don't care about anymore. And I don't mean, let's put it this way, I care more than ever about things like the important relationships in my life, Mm -hmm. my animals, uh, my work. But honestly, the ketchup, the, the dirty, all that stuff, I, I literally don't care anymore. Now, I don't want anybody to have to go through a big loss to sort this one out. Sure. But to, to what you were saying about it, Steve, if you simply ask yourself, how much does this impact my life? Then if the answer is, you know, it really doesn't, then let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. And, and I, and I recognize, I just want to say that I recognize that that's easier for some people than others because you have, uh, you know, those type A personalities where everything has to be exactly as they want it to be for them to feel comfortable. So I, I get that. Um, the other thing that I was going to bring up is when we're talking about letting go of grudges, it reminds me of a scene in a Bronx tale. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that. No. Um, it's also turned into a Broadway show. Anywho, um, in a Bronx tale, there's a, there's a scene where, uh, this kid starts chasing after another kid and a gangster comes up to him and he's like, uh, Hey, why are you chasing that kid? And he's like, well, he owes me 20 bucks. And the gangster looks at him and goes, good. He's like, do you like this guy? And he's like, no, I don't like him at all. And he's like, so what you're saying is for 20 bucks, he's out of your life forever. And I thought that was like a very good way of reframing this grudge where this kid was like letting it rule his life. Right. That he was That's constantly yeah. chasing this kid. And the gangster explains to him like, no, like you actually don't want him in your life anyway. And you did it very cheaply. Like, he's <laughs> going to avoid great... you at all costs. And it cost right. you 20 bucks. All right. And, you know, the other point we need to make with the, let, let's say you are a type A mm-hmm. or obsessive compulsive to a degree or whatever. Sure. And it really does annoy you that the ketchup is in the place that you wished it wasn't. Then move it. 
<laughs> right. I mean, really, stick it in the mustard place. I mean, it, it, not, nothing says that you can't both ignore and fix. Mm-hmm. Because that way you're not berating your spouse. Right. See, the important thing isn't so much where the ketchup is. The important thing is if you can't ignore it, meaning it's just too, too, too far out of your wheelhouse, fine, move it, but then leave your spouse alone. Ignore, if you will, their behavior. Mm-hmm. And if you both have that issue, then you can dip into some of the other skills like communication of, Correct. does this really yeah. bother you? It really yeah. bothers me. If it doesn't really bother you, can I just move it where, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yes. And that's always the bedrock. I mean, that's why I was explicit in describing today's uh, podcast as thoughts, because yeah. obviously the bedrock of any marriage or even any good relationship is communication. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so moving on, uh, sounds like the rational choice here. Does a thought habit stand in the way of just moving on? Unfortunately, yes. It, it's worrying about tomorrow hmm. and tomorrow and tomorrow. Worry. It's just such a, you know, worry is kind of like a rocking chair. It gives your mind something to chew on, but it never gets you anywhere. Mm. So worry is one of those things that keeps us, if you will, from taking any kind of remedial action, positive reframing, moving on, any even sometimes communicating, mm-hmm. because we sit there and ruminate about it instead. Gotcha. And that is absolutely useless. Mm-hmm. Instead, what you want to do is move systematically, one step at a time toward whatever your goals are, whatever your dreams are. So, you know, if you, if you, we're going to take an absurd example on purpose. So if you look at the ketchup bottle and you now worry that the rest of the house is going to fall into this messy oblivion, Mm -hmm. right? And, but you just, you just can't move on from it. You're just stuck on that. It's going to get worse and, and they're going to forget to do X and Y and Z and so forth. And you do nothing towards your goal, which is, let's say, to have a Marie Kondo moment or whatever, then indeed it is a marriage killer because where's your attention? Where's your focus? Right. It's not on the good in the relationship. It's not on the fun that you could be having with your spouse. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the answer is very simple is take one step at a time and for heaven's sakes, yes, engage the other skills that we know about communication and so forth. You, you, I mean, you you mentioned that that was a ridiculous um, scenario, but I the thing that I love about that uh, example that you used is that our thoughts are not rational all the time. Correct. <laughs> and and to your point, like people can quickly and easily spiral from well, if the ketchup bottle's out of place, everything is out of place, and I'm not going to be able to rest until everything is sorted and whatnot. And and um, yeah, I, I think that's actually a very good example. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, the the rocking chair metaphor about, you know, kind of staying in a place, really the word that popped into my head was stagnant. And, yes. And for a, a relationship to grow, you can't be stagnant. No. And, and you were using very good words in the beginning about expanding and all that stuff as opposed to shrinking. And I think stagnant and sitting in one place ruminating about things is is you know one one half step from shrinking <laughs> correct so. it's slow death yes yes it really is um okay noel this was 
Uh, absolutely fantastic. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap this one up? No, just what you said at the end there, Steve, which I think was very important, uh, which is these, these thoughts are not rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, don't beat yourself up for them. Yeah. They're coming out of, pardon the expression, deep, dark places, mm-hmm. mostly survival mode. And we don't need to always be in survival mode. Right. And I think it's important for people to give themselves a break when they have these thoughts. Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, so if you're listening to this and thinking like, oh, I got a lot of work, like we all have a lot of work to do. (laughs) These are all things we have to be conscious and aware of. And I think this is, this podcast is like the first step, like recognizing that this is the pattern Yeah. so that you can do something about it. So, okay. Well, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Noelle. It is always a pleasure to hear your voice and uh, to share your advice with all the listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. And before we go, I want to remind everyone, you have been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, a clinical psychologist, consultant, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and the author of over a dozen best-selling books. As you might have just heard, Noelle focuses on how we can all enjoy happy, fulfilling lives while accomplishing great things in love, at home, and at work, as we appreciate ourselves and the world and, uh, around us. Um, Noelle is the author of I Survived COVID-19, What Now? Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. She is also the author of The Longevity Secret, How to Live Happy, Healthy, Vibrant into your 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. Noelle is also the author of Phoenix Rising, as as she just mentioned, um, uh, her home being destroyed in 2018 in the Woolsey Fire here in California. She chronicles... Um, the recovery process and what that was like. And it's, it's a fantastic read, uh, taking awful circumstances and, um, showing how you can use that information. So, uh, I recommend that. And of course you can find this information at her website, noelnelson.com and on our website, hitchedmag.com, where we have thousands of articles available to you, uh, hundreds of podcasts available, uh, all there, uh, the entire archive and much more. So please check that out. And that is going to do it for us this week. So until next time, take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.